jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Dynasty Underdog Podcast. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. Joined with me are the boys from Any Given Pod, Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Awesome, yeah. I'd uh, like to welcome our guest tonight, uh, Will Dennison. He's a league mate of ours in the console wars that we talk about all the time. He goes by the at the Giant Ninja on Twitter. Um, he's made some really good trades in our league it's a 36 team league and uh you know who better to have on so welcome welcome to the show will thank you very much i appreciate it. yeah i've gotten pretty lucky in that league so people have been making mistakes <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate them <laughs> letting me uh slag along i'm really bad at this so anytime anybody's willing to throw me a bone i appreciate it <laughs> that's the you know that's it that's it right there that's the whole persona so ever since the startup draft he's like oh i'm just an idiot don't worry about me and then so you, you say some people have made some bad moves. What what do you th- think some of those bad moves have been or, or to your benefit? What have you uh, taken from people? Okay, so in that league, um, I mean, I don't remember a lot of specific deals. I know I traded um, Lamar Jackson for CMC straight up in the offseason, and I really liked that deal. I was happy with that. Just because I had like four quarterbacks at the time, um, I was able to put together a really, really good running back stable. Um, but really what happened in that league that worked out to my advantage was uh, rookie picks were in the startup draft. And in my opinion, the rest of the league that I was in, um, not to get too specific into this league, but it's three different 12 team divisions and each of the 12 team divisions did their own startup uh, and rookie picks in the, in that, in each draft were in the startup draft. And in my opinion, everybody else was undervaluing rookie picks so every time I was on the clock, I would take rookie picks because nobody else was. And I'm like, that, that pick should have gone two rounds ago in the startup. I'll take it again. And all of a sudden, people started making fun of me. Oh, my God, Will doesn't know what he's doing. He's just taking rookie <laughs> picks. That's all he does. And then two months later, uh, I started selling all my rookie picks. I didn't actually draft any rookies. I just took all the rookie picks in the startup draft. And then I sold every single one of them for profit uh, in less than two months. Yeah. I was on the uh, other end of some of those too. So I remember. <laughs> well, no, that's a great point, man, because yeah. I was one of those people who kind of undervalued the rookies. And, and I was also surprised. It was, it was my first dynasty league. And I was actually surprised how early they went or seemingly early, but I guess it wasn't because they are so valuable. They're just this unknown. They're almost like any value, right? They're an infinite value at some point um, to certain people. Right. Right, especially when they're not actually players, when they're still picks. Some people look at it, well, it's not even a player, why would I take it? But actually, it's more valuable than that particular player because you could change your mind. You could pivot and take another person. But for the 101 that year, it was clear it was going to be Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray would have gone way higher in our startup than the 101 draft uh, went. Yeah. 
you know, that's the thing for us. All three of us, our first Dynasty League was the Console Wars one, and I don't think either of us really thought about that at the time. So, <clears throat> not at all. You know what's crazy is, uh, I mean, we could talk about the league a bunch, but I remember I made a trade with you to trade up to get um, uh, Luck, Andrew Luck. And then I look back on it. I, I, I paid up pretty good to get it. And you, at least you were like, hey, you got the right guy. But with the pick I gave you the very next round, you took Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. I, with my pick. Well, I mean, at, and you know what? At the time, Andrew <laughs> Luck was a fantastic pick. And, and no, no doubt that's who I would have taken in that spot. So, yeah, that's another way that I just got lucky in that league. I mean, yes, I wanted Lamar. I had my eye on Lamar. But nobody who was taking him in the seventh round thought that he was going to be a first-round startup guy in a year. Nobody did. Anybody who does is lying. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's funny. Actually, um, before we move on, I, it's funny. Uh, who's FF Dynasty King um, on Twitter? He, he – what's his – the Dragonborn in, in – uh, in consoles, he did a similar thing. He loaded up on his rookie picks and picked very few rookies. Like, and if he did pick them, he sold a lot of them off. Right. And, and then he and traded for a lot for of value 20 picks. for 20. And now he's a contender this year. And that, right. that he did a very similar thing to you. And I, and he was definitely ahead of, of myself and uh, clearly a few other of us. So yeah, that, that was interesting. And you guys have turned it around. It's, and it's funny. It was kind of a model I took for myself because I have no more rookie picks right now. And I have DK, I have AJ Brown, I have a, a bunch of guys, and it was easier for me to sell the picks than it was to get them in the rookie draft, like when it happened. All right, man. Well, let's jump into some questions. Let's grill you a little bit. All right. So, uh, how many years have you been playing Dynasty? Uh, I've been playing Dynasty. Uh, I'm in my oldest league is 20 years old. Oh, um, I, I didn't should have known. I started. Um, I took over an orphan in the second year. Uh, so I've been playing Dynasty for 19 years. Wow, man. That is awesome. I didn't even know Dynasties were going on for 19 years. I'm serious. Like, I found out about Dynasty probably, like, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. Well, back then, I mean, if you listen to um, – I don't want to, you know, pimp other podcasts. but oh, go um, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Rich Dodson on uh, Dynasty Nerds, a great podcast. He talks about his Dynasty, ler Dynasty Nerds. Uh, league all the time and I think they're in like year 16 or 17 and just like him we were making up the rules uh 19 20 years ago that that people are using widely now but back then nobody even I mean we were playing dinosaur but we didn't call it that nobody knew that's what it was what uh, I have to ask and I don't know if this is even a fair question but like what has changed what or what has changed the most for you like since the since the beginning uh in the game or in my uh, in like, strategy. I guess, in, I guess, well, that's interesting in your strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's another question too. Yeah. In your strategy. Okay. So the way that I've gotten much, much better over the years, no doubt about it. Um, part of it is back then the internet was still new. Um, I mean, yes, people were online. Yes. We were all on uh, uh, MySpace with Tom, but <laughs> at the time <laughs> there was no French. dynasty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was no uh, dynasty league football. There was, um, you know, we got our stats off of ESPN and they were very, very basic, basic statistics. Um, basically, if you think about uh, Moneyball and, and the, the evolution of baseball strategy, fantasy football has really followed that quite a bit. And we as players understand numbers today in a way that nobody was even thinking about 20 years ago. That's interesting. That's really, that's really interesting. Has it like, 
has it changed? Cause you said you guys kind of like created, you did, you did, you started it before there were any rules or anything. So has it changed like any of the rules, like being so, you know, driven towards the stats these days and stuff like that? Like from when you were, from when you started, I mean, obviously like PPR and stuff like that has, has changed because of it. Well, that's, I mean, um, the league that I'm in, the 20 year old league, it started off as a standard league, which today to say standard, people don't even know what that means. Because that was the standard. PPR mm-hmm. was, was what was uh, the new kid on the block. Everybody thought it was weird, uh, but we actually changed our league maybe in about 2007, 2008, uh, to add PPR, we added it over a two-year span. We added a, a half-point PPR one year and then the full PPR the next year. Um, we saw that change coming, but we were not first to the party by any means. Other people were already playing it, and we wanted to, we wanted to devalue running backs. Um, Got it. So the, the effort to do that was you know, to, to add PPR so that the wide receivers were worth something. With those old league leagues, sorry, this will be my. I know I'm like peppering you right now. But <laughs> no, no, you're fine. With the old leagues, did were you able to ever switch to like Superflex, or did you start Superflex, or is it just one QB? So that league is a one QB league, but it's because it's a 16 team league. You really oh, can't okay. play Superflex with 16 teams. Um, but that's the other thing with me. So my second dynasty league wasn't until 2014. So I only played in the one dynasty league for like 13 years. And all I'd ever played in was a 16-team format. So then I went to a 12-team, one quarterback, uh, where quarterbacks had almost no value whatsoever. Um, even with a 16-team league with, with, um, with one quarterback, quarterbacks do have some value. Because if you're talking about the 17th, 18th one starting every week, well, that's not very appetizing. You want one of the top 10 or 12 to at least have a shot. Um, so quarterbacks do have more value than in a 12-team one quarterback. Uh, but I went from the 16 team down to a 12 team, one quarterback league. And then I started playing super flex uh, in 2018, I think 2017, 2018. Very recent. Wow. Okay. So that's, it's definitely a, a more recent change to the industry because it's, it's coming on like fire. Like I, I feel like for dynasty leagues, it's almost impossible Standard to right find now, right? them that, that aren't yeah, super I wouldn't flex. even join a league that wasn't super flex. If not, uh, if not two quarterback. Yep. Yep. Right on, man. So, uh, what is what about dynasty is like your very favorite thing? Or do you play redraft? Do you still have some redraft do, leagues? Um, I'm in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, when I get invites to that, awesome. this is my second year in the Scott Fishbowl. Sure. Um, yeah. But but that's the only redraft league I play if I can if I can help it. I'm really not interested in redraft. Um, I just I don't like it. Uh, I'm in one league that's called a triple crown league, um, and it was my idea, so I had to join it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> right, right. When you have the idea and somebody runs with it, you're like, all right, fine, here's my money. Um, but uh, that league is three different 12-team leagues with three different formats and the same 12 owners. So there's one that's a traditional dynasty, super flex, one that's a best ball, and one that's a redraft. Um, and oh, that's because cool. I'm in that, su- that triple crown league, I'm in that redraft league every year as well. Oh, that's kind of fun. So it's not so bad. It, it's tied to something that, that you like anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, whatever. I'll set a lineup. Okay. <laughs> so what, what about Dynasty? What's, a, what's your favorite thing about Dynasty? Is it your favorite format? Obviously, it, it oh, probably ab- is. Absolutely. Right. I, I, it's the only thing I play if I have, uh, if I have the choice. Um, what is my favorite thing about Dynasty? Um, the trading. I love trading so much more than I love 
setting lineups or even more than I love drafting. I mean, yeah, startup drafts are fun. Rookie drafts are fun. But for me, the absolute best part of fantasy is trading. And there is so much more trading in dynasty than in any other format I've ever played. It's, it's not, it's night and day. They don't even compare. Totally agree with you. No, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite aspects of it. And this, this time of the season, like week seven is, is where I kind of start trading, even whether I'm a contender or not, I started trading. Right. Yeah, it's so, time to pick a lane. Yep. Right. It's time to pick a lane about now. So it, it, it's funny. Like that's one of the best things about dynasty is you can, you can start making your team what you want and people are willing to trade generally. So yeah, I, I totally agree. That's, that's a fun part, man. I try to avoid guys like, sorry, I try to avoid guys like Will, and he reminds me of like, uh, I'm in a league with John Bosch. I'm sure you, oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you know John Bosch, and and most of us do. He's a great guy in the industry, but um, he, uh, it's funny. I'm in a league with him, a salary cap league, and anytime he sends me a trade, I'm like, I'm just gonna decline this off the face of it. it's his name, because <laughs> no, he's he's got me before pretty good with some with some picks and stuff like that, and it's uh, it's tough, but you, you learn quickly. I, I'm the exact opposite. I'm, I'm in several leagues with, uh, with a bunch of industry guys. I'm in two different uh, kitchen sink leagues, for example. Um, I'm in ki- kitchen sinko. Uh, and I think about three quarters of my division are industry guys. And when I make trades in that, I just go in my other league chats and brag about it. <laughs> hey, guess what I just got from Ryan. Hey, look what I just did to Curtis. <laughs> That's where I'm trying to get to, man. I'm trying. <laughs> awesome, man. So, uh, what was what was the hardest thing about Dynasty for you when you first started? Because uh, you got new rules, there's new terminology, things like that. This podcast is geared towards newer newer players, trying to help the newer players. So having a guy like you that's been playing for over a decade, um, what what for you was the hardest thing that you do, and what's the best piece of advice you could give for new players? So I mean, keep in mind what what I was playing. 18, 19 years ago is not dynasty the way people know it today. Uh, There were some big differences. But for me, one thing that was very difficult was understanding the value of rookie picks at the very beginning. Um, When I first started playing, um, and and what helped is that the rest of my league didn't know how valuable they were either. So it didn't put me behind the eight ball. But going back, if I can start everything again, I think I could be a 10-time champion in that league. Um, knowing then what I know now, um, everybody was chasing points 100% of the time, and that's not the way to play this game. Points are important, but only if you have the right core to start with. Uh, If you're spending draft picks on a running back flyer who's going to be the running back six or seven the rest of the year, uh, that's great. If you're a legitimate contender and that running back six or seven is your RB3, Fantastic. Now you've got a running back, the RB3 on your squad is going to give you a positional advantage every week. And you're going to have an extra six points a game against any opponent you face. But if you've got a bad team or a mediocre team, and you're plugging in that one year running back as your RB1 to give you a shot, well, that's okay. Yeah, you're going to win a couple games, you're going to lose a couple games. When it comes time to the playoffs, maybe you're going to win a game, maybe you're going to win two games if you get lucky, but you're not a legitimate title contender. If you go into a matchup and you are expected to lose and it takes an upset and surprising performances for you to win, then it was a mistake for you to send away your rookie picks to put you in that position. Even if it ends up working, it was a mistake. 
you need to have the solid foundation where you've got the reliable 150 points a, a week to start with. And those extra 15 are what's going to put you over the top. Not when those extra 15 are going to put you in the, in the conversation. Dude, that is fantastic advice. Also, Josh, love the background changes. Those have oh, been awesome. I just, I just figured out how to do it, so I've just been downloading. <laughs> yeah, hey, Josh is with us, by the way. Josh is with us. I'm listening to gospel from Will while Josh is all of a sudden flying through space. Like, <laughs> I don't know what saying. I just haven't discovered a new feature, so. <laughs> no, I love it. It's good. Not quite a lot. Will's background kind of got me like, wait a minute. Maybe we should... <laughs> Throw something back there. It's not just my bedroom. The Zoom background is the one thing I actually never change. I'll change my name on Zoom sometimes because if you go to your next Zoom meeting, it goes back to your default name. But if you change your background, if you go back to your next meeting, it'll be whatever background you started before. And I'm in court almost every morning on Zoom. So That's, if I, put I was gonna behind me, I'll forget. I'll go to court. The judge will call my case, and there'll be like a clown behind me. <laughs> He's in a spaceship in court, like right, having a good exactly. time. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> that is great. Well, I was going to ask you what that was, yeah. but now it totally makes sense. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a picture of my law school, the front door of my law school. Awesome. Oh, so you're a lawyer too, huh? Jeez. I am. And, I am. and man of many hats right here. Yeah. I was just looking on uh console wars. You're uh, number one in the power rank right now. So we talked about yeah, it on this it's, podcast it's a couple of times. No, I don't think so. You're don't, not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time we talked about it on here, I was getting drunk with my wife. But uh, you you lost Christian McCaffrey and you lost Saquon Barkley. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will come back this year. If you had both those guys, you're absolutely contending. Without those guys, not so much. So you made a trade. You want to talk about it? Uh, was it uh, – did I trade uh, Saquon and something uh, – I think I traded Saquon. Oh, Christian McCaffrey for Kamara and CMC, uh, along with Rager. Uh, yes. To pivot to Ceh and Alvin Kamara, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I hated that trade. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely gave up too much because uh, I like Rager. I'm big on Rager. Um, number one, Rager, I was lucky to have. Uh, this league is one that I actually like a lot. It's a, it's a feature that I like. Uh, where um, instead of having a, a toilet bowl for money, um, the toilet bowl gives you the, the 113, uh, the first pick after the uh, first 12 picks in the rookie draft. Um, and I, you know, I barely missed the playoffs last year. I had a good team, but not a great team. Uh, just missed the playoffs last year um, and then kind of smashed in the toilet bowl, got the 113 and Rager slipped. So Rager was basically free to me. Uh, and then when I lost CMC and Saquon in the same week, um, I was going to ride it out. Uh, I had the backups. I, I was going to be, you know, whatever. I'd be able to compete still. Um, but I'm high on Camara. I'm really high on CEH. Um, and, you know, to spend Rager to still have two stud running backs and be able to withstand the year, I, I thought it was a good move. I didn't like doing it, but I thought it was the right move. Yeah, for sure. I wish you had waited one week because I played you the same week and you beat me by just a little bit. So How'd if you, you do that week, yeah, if you could have just like held off, that would have been sweet. So yeah. yeah, I was looking at it. I was just, you know, pulled up one of the calculators or whatever, just to kind of see uh, the community's value in that trade. And you did give up some. So I was like, but the trade you made is it's 
it's amazing for this year because you have you're strong every everywhere else and you lost two amazing starters you didn't get a whole lot older necessarily and right. here you are kicking ass so i don't know i like I said, I'm not in too many leagues. I haven't been playing for that many years and I'm not here to kiss your ass, but like, I thought that was just a really brilliant trade. So congratulations. Well, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, again, I lost the trade. I gave up more value than I got, but I believe that I have a very good team in that league. I believe that I have a legitimate chance at a title. And because it's a 36 team league and not a 12 team league, a title is worth more return on investment than in a regular 12 team league. Um, you know, ordinarily you put in your, your, your hundred dollars and you got a good shot at winning a thousand dollars. In this kind of league, you put in a hundred, it's not a hundred dollar league, but if you put in a hundred dollars, you're winning closer to seventeen, $1,800 for winning the league. It's, it's a big jump. Um, so between the jump, because of the 36 teams combined with the team that I already had, I was willing to give up a little value to stay where I was. Plus I genuinely believed that, in you know 12 months after the the trade was executed i believe camara is going to be the rb2 overall after cmc um i believe saquon is going to decrease in value even though i love saquon and i've got i'd love to have him on rebuilding teams i believe he's going to drop in value and i'm a legitimate believer in ceh so i think by doing it i traded what preseason was my rb1 and 2 overall for what i believe preseason in 2021 will be my RB2 and RB3 overall. And, and given that I was losing the air production from Saquon anyway, I thought it was worth it. Yeah, no. And, and context matters. And like, like you said, championships matter. And, and, you know, Herm Edwards famously, you play to win the game, right? So it's we play like, to win the game. so, I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta go for the ship. And like, I think that's the the perfect situation where you trade those two guys to get, you know, to get, like you said, you're getting something back that you project next year to be top five guys and you're good to go. Yeah. Awesome work, by the way. Awesome work. Thank you. Uh, that's, I mean, that's an interesting example to bring up because like I said, I do think I lost that trade, but context wise, I think it was worth losing the trade. Absolutely. And also you got to view it. You can only view it now. You got to view it and especially in dynasty three, four, five years down the road, how the trade will look and everything. Oh, when, when Jalen Rager is a wide receiver one, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was just about to say like the guy who just got Rager CMC and Barkley did not lose the trade or is not, you know, he's going to be fine. (laughs) And he's playing for the one oh one anyway. I mean, that part of the deal for him was, Oh, I can get these points off my roster. It was yeah. great for him. Absolutely. And uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but Rager will never be wide receiver one with that quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not with that offensive line, but he's no. got a good quarterback. Hey, what's your team, Will? NFL what's team. What's your NFL oh, team? I'm a Bears fan. I'm a diehard okay. Bears fan. Oh, Sweet. wow. They're doing, they're doing better than I know even you could have expected this year. No, honestly. I, um, okay, so here's the deal with the Bears. Um, I have over 43 years of life. I've come to down to one certain truth. If I think they're going to be good, they're going to be terrible. If (laughs) I think they're going to be terrible, they're going to be good. So I thought they were going to be terrible. So I knew they were going to be good. (laughs) That's an amazing way to live your life as a Bears fan, dude. (laughs) So you thought they'd be good for the last 30 years? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
We've had a few 13 and three years. No, you're right. Trubisky looked for like a. You won a Super Bowl. Really you won a Super Bowl in the past like decade, right? Like, or the no, past two 85. decades. <laughs> oh, you went to a Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back in what, 2007 ish? Yeah, down here in Miami. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. That's uh, pretty good for the introduction. And we'll just keep rolling. So, <laughs> week six, I just have a few notes here. You guys, you know, chime in with whatever you want. But the biggest one for me today. Tua Tungavaloa was named a starter. Josh, as a Miami fan, how does that make you feel, man? Uh, we actually just got done discussing this on an Ian pod. Um, <laughs> I think it is bullshit. Ooh. <laughs> I <think> okay. They, <laughs> I don't care. I'll be the first to say it. I uh, pulled an Alex Smith, Patty McCone, sit him for the full year behind Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is a number seven QB right now. He's not playing horrible at all. If his production started slipping, if you're throwing a shit ton of interceptions or something, that would be one thing. But you have a top 10 quarterback out there who's willing to teach Tua what he knows, willing to help Tua take that next step. Why rush Tua out there? That's that's my view on it. I mean, I think they should have just sat him for the – pretty much redshirted him for the entire year and then brought him out next year. But What are you – so from a fan standpoint, like what are you concerned about? You think uh, you think he'd be better? Uh, well, number one, what I'm trying to say here. Well, first off, I'm concerned about his health behind our O line. I mean, our line is getting better, but still, he said the other day. I mean, this was prior to him coming in the game, but he hasn't been sacked in person yet. Okay, that's good. He was point. out there for, I believe, a, he was out there for a couple series on Sunday, but that's not a full game. I'm just very, very worried about him taking that first hit. After he takes that first hit, then a lot of my nerves will go away. I'll feel a lot better. But okay, I mean, I mean, I guess if I were a Miami fan, I'd be pretty excited about it. <clears throat> but yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. Fitz Magic's playing uh, really good. He seemed to be pretty happy that when Tua got in and threw a couple passes. So you're just kind of concerned he's gonna. It's too soon, and he might get injured. He went to. He did two for two for nine yards. It's not like he went yeah. out there and first sure he threw 50 yards or something, or something crazy. Yeah, he's I got just, his feet wet, right? Huh? He's got, he got his feet wet. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think it's too soon. I just, like I said, Fitzpatrick's playing great. Why rush to out there with the injury risk and everything? There's no need for it, in my opinion, right now. If there was a need, if we were 0-6 or something, that would be a completely different story. But we're okay. <laughs> If we ever had a quarterback go two for two, he would own this town. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. No, I, I, Josh, I hear you 100%. Um, the way you put it is was amusing, made me laugh, but you are absolutely right. Uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick has done nothing to lose his job. I mean, I don't think anybody could make a case that he shouldn't have that job. There's nobody in the world that believes that Tua gives them a better chance to win and they are playing good football. Uh, so making the move now, I understand they're making it now because they have the bye week. I mean, that's obviously why they're making it now right. as opposed to any other time in the year. Um, but it, it smacks of a move that a GM should make, but not a coach. Um, this is a bad move by a head coach. Obviously it's what the GM wants because it's for the long-term good of the franchise, but for, for old school football fans, for people who appreciate a job well done. It, it, Fitz deserves better. Yeah, no, for sure. And when I'm now, I'm, I mean, I'm strictly talking real life. I'm not talking fancy impact or anything, but 
Fitz is playing good. Why? I, I just I just don't understand the time behind it. I mean, I know they have the bye week and everything, but give him the full year to get the chemistry built up with Devontae, with Preston, with Isaiah Ford. Just let that connection happen. Don't force it. I mean, I could be wrong. In practice, he could be looking great because we really haven't had a lot of media availability this year. But, I mean, some uh, next week we'll know for sure what the deal is. Any yeah. reason not to trade him to Dallas? Whoa, whoa. I said whoa, that. Whoa. Oh, my God. You're talking whoa. about Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. I said uh, that earlier to Josh. I said fair. that earlier to Josh. I was like, I was like, what if they trade him no. to, to Dallas? And I, I think he is he's beloved in the organization. I think he's going to resign next year on a one year deal to be a backup again. That's he likes teaching and Tua seems to be soaking all the knowledge. Now, Billy, we were talking about on any given pod, Matt Ryan being traded to Dallas. <laughs> that would be a lot more interesting. Like, yeah, it would be more interesting. I just threw that out there because you asked me. But and I then, know, but in all reality, if they're going to do a teardown of the system, Dallas would not be the worst place for him to land. You don't yeah. think that, that Fitzpatrick would rather be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys the rest of this year than a backup quarterback on the Dolphins the rest of this year? Even if he comes back and signs a deal – to be the backup in Miami after he plays for a championship this year. You don't think that, that he would prefer that opportunity? I think he'd love to throw to CD lamb and, and Cooper and Michael Gallup and, and that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what he's made for in this league. Is it not <laughs> to travel around and play Just for teams like the that? Ball? Yeah. <laughs> Is that, has he played for the, has he been a cowboy yet? I know he's been like on 20 different teams. Has he ever been in Dallas? I think it's the last one. Yeah. No. <laughs> You know, as a Cowboys fan, like I would, I would much rather have Fitzpatrick uh, throwing the ball to watch this because this we're not going anywhere this year, right? Dalton's good; he's a great quarterback, a great backup, but he's not as he's not as fun to watch as Fitz. Here's so. my other issue: Let's say they do. Let's hypothetically say they do trade Fitzpatrick to Texas. Chua goes down. We don't have a third string anymore. We don't even have Josh Rosen to turn to. Like we have, a, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's did, a good point because we did back up with a, a starting quarterback with a question mark over his head. I no, you're absolutely right. You, you are right, but you're but you're thinking like a head coach right now, and obviously the head coach is not in control. If the head mm-hmm. coach was in, was in control, Tua wouldn't be starting. Yeah, right. I well, I just don't get Bill O'Brien over here. If we had the head coach and GM, now we don't have that situation going on. Only only one team is that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> was was that lucky? Yeah, I was trying to play a devil's advocate for the whole Tua thing, but I think I'm with you, Josh. This just doesn't, in my opinion, there's really no good reason to do it unless you're trying to get a couple more butts in the seats. But if you're trying to win games, just let they Tua are, sit. They're capping yeah. the attendance. It's not like it's a Miami Marlins who need people to go to the stands. Like, yeah, you cannot throw not- your you can't throw your unproven rookie out there and say you're trying to win games now. Like that's you're not. not- right, not- you're not trying to win in 2020. You can, you can make the case that you're trying to win in 2021 by playing him right now, but you're not trying to win in 2020. Yeah. Just a uh, week seven is, you know, it's a little, little early. So I guess it'll be week eight, but still. Yeah. All right, man, moving on. Will your Chicago bears are five and one. They what's are. Going, what's Hey, one. Team need a quarterback. Uh... Hey, <laughs> hey we, we're good at setting draft picks for irrelevant players. We do that all the time. <laughs> Hey, they put in full. The after, like me. They don't uh, value draft picks enough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a little different in their industry, I guess. That's all. So, yeah, they put in fulls uh, for Trubisky after what, week two or week three? Uh, during week three. 
Like, yeah, during so, the game in week three. I mean, and Trubisky got him the 2-0, and oh, and he was doing fine. I mean, what's the deal there? <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. He was winning games, right? You I know? mean, we can disagree on the meaning of the word fine. <laughs> um, but I, Trubisky is – it's such a sad story because he obviously has talent. There's no question he has talent. Um, and – First of all, he is not who I wanted them to draft. Uh, I was on vacation with my in-laws. Uh, we were at a, at a family vacation. We were renting a log cabin in the mountains. I was watching the draft. They traded up, and I fell down crying. I was so upset. Uh, I was still hoping against hope that it was the defensive lineman. I knew that it wasn't. You don't trade up for a defensive end. Um, they announced Trubisky, and I was so upset. Uh, my mother-in-law said, why are you this upset? And I said, because he's going to be a bust. And mm. she said, hey, may maybe you're wrong. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, but No, right. It is what it is. Uh, but um, now, to be fair and honest, Patrick Mahomes was my quarterback one in that draft class. But there was no way anybody was going to draft Patrick Mahomes two or three or four overall. I was hoping the Bears would trade down and take Patrick Mahomes. That was my dream scenario. Um, but I think most analysts had Trubisky over Mahomes. Most did. Yeah, um, I, absolutely. And Ryan Pace, he identified his guy. He, he spent the capital to get his guy, and he got his guy. And, and you have to commend that. It just didn't work out. Um, it was the right time to bench him uh, in that game. They should have been winning that game. Uh, they were behind based on some awful, awful throws. Uh, you had to watch the whole game to really see that. Trubisky was missing open receivers, wide open receivers by zip codes. Yeah, water's um, was, wet. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just, it wasn't happening. Um, for whatever reason, he was seeing ghosts. He was not performing in that game, and the entire team was losing as a result. Uh, and they made the switch to Foles just because it, it wasn't his day. Uh, and Foles came in and led him on an absolutely epic comeback. And when that happens, you have to let him stick. You have to let him play it out, and he's been fantastic. All right, so what do you want for your team, uh, 2021? Right now, you guys, are five, you, guys are, you guys are five and one. If we – yeah, if we – if we didn't know that the names Trubisky or Foles were quarterbacking this team and we just said, hey, Chicago's 5-1, and one, you have a shot, you're going to get the playoffs, you're going to end up with a pick in the high 20s or mid-20s, probably put you out of like a good quarterback. What, what do you want for your team next year? Who do you want quarterbacking your team next year? Because you're, you're in a situation Honestly, right now. Right. It, it, there, no good is going to come from this. This is the worst possible No, I see situation. what you're saying, yeah. Um. They're not good. <laughs> yes, they're five and one. Yes, they're probably going to make the playoffs, and then they're going to lose. They'll probably be a triple doink. You're going to miss yep. a field goal and hit three uprights. It's um, this is not a championship team. Um, this is very, very much like the end of Dave Wanstead's coaching career and the end of Dick Duran's coaching career. And frankly, the end of Lovey Smith's coaching career, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a bad team puts it together and competes, and the coaching staff and the GM gets another two to three years 
of mediocrity. And we have to live through a bad situation because for one year they have a horseshoe up their behinds. Um, they, they won a game against Detroit because DeAndre Swift dropped the winning touchdown. They True. should have lost that game. They won a game against the New York Giants, a bad football team, the New York Giants, because the Bears defense broke up a play in the end zone to end the game. Two weeks in a row, they very easily first should have and then could have lost both of those games. They happened to pull it out at the end uh, in the first week through no fault of their own. Then they have that epic comeback because the Atlanta Falcons are just insanely bad at holding leads. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're 3-0. and I, like That's the worst 3-0 and I've ever seen in my entire life. A game they should have lost, a game they could have lost, and a game where they were behind by something like 20 points. That's is, not a 3 uh, team. Is Matt Nagy a problem? Or... Good question. I think he is. I, I, I don't like to be cliche. I don't like to reduce things to phrases like it, but I don't think he has it. Sure. No, that, and that's, <laughs> that's well said. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, sorry to be a Chicago fan, but uh, hey, maybe next year. There's redemptive power in suffering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, moving on. So I just, I just threw this in real quick because I was going through the, the rankings for the year. And it's just like everybody thought, uh, Fulgham for the <laughs> uh, e- Eagles, he's wide receiver 35 on the year. I can't I believe I he's that low. <laughs> buy buy Fulgham right now. Go out, spend whatever it takes to get him. Uh, he is available in my league. I'll take a first. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he, I was gonna say he's gonna be specifically directing this to console wars. Come on over. I don't think I have him there. <laughs> it's hilarious. No, I just thought it was weird. It's just the guy. I I I like to think I'm in the know, and you know. For the most part, no depth sharps or whatever, but I've never even heard of the guy until three weeks ago. So, no, well, I mean, he was a, a rookie last year, right? Wasn't he like a fifth round draft pick for Detroit last year? I don't know. I thought he's like 28 or something. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> he was 28. He was. He was on Detroit last year, I think is where. Oh, <laughs> I don't know anything about him. So, I mean, he's not special. I don't think anybody thinks he's actually special. He's in a good situation insofar as he's on a team with a bad defense um, that doesn't have a good offensive line, that doesn't have a good opportunity to open rushing lanes. They obviously have a great running back, and they should be running the ball more than they are, but they have to throw. Zach Ertz is having a bad year, uh, and none of their wide receivers can catch the ball or stay healthy. Uh, He's just the guy that was finally able to catch some of the balls thrown to him. (laughs) Yeah. I think think he's that deep threat that – He's that deep threat that Wentz likes. You know what I mean? And you know what else he is? He's the guy that legitimate contenders should go by. If you are a bad team, don't spend draft capital on him to make yourself a contender. But if you're already a favorite, he's a guy that's good for depth. He's worth a second-round pick if you're a title contender. Yeah, I like that. I think we don't think about that enough. You brought that up earlier that's just really good advice for young players. It's actually good advice for me, which I mean, I am a young player, but yeah, no, it's great advice. It's a good way to think about it because those guys kind of are worth it. Uh, if you need that, you know, especially later right. in the year when they're still, if they're still doing it, you can definitely grab them near the trade deadline and, and make your team a lot better and, but, and win that ship. But you need to keep in mind, you're not buying Travis Fulgham because Travis Fulgham probably won't be in the league. 
certainly won't be in your lineup next year. You're what buying you're the buying is 15 points a game this yeah. year. That's yep. what you're buying. 100%. Awesome. All right. Uh, also in the news, just for fun, uh, the Atlanta Falcons did not blow the lead. So they were <laughs> they were up, I don't know, 19 or 20 or something like that at the halftime. I sent out a tweet I thought was funny, but it was going to be sweet if it actually came true. I was like, yeah, they're up by 20 and they'll be 0-6 by the end of the week. And they actually held on to a, they actually held on to a win. So uh, credit to a coaching change. Is this a bounce back because they have, they got rid of Dan Quinn and all that, or are they turning the corner? They certainly looked like, I mean, they certainly looked excited to play. They looked energized. I I mean, that, that can only be, I imagine from the coaching change. Uh, But I mean, it also had to do with the fact that they're playing one of the other most disappointing teams in the league right now. Uh, the the Vikings were supposed to have a decent defense. They are absolutely atrocious. And the off and and I mean, at the same time, Kirk Cousins is giving points away on the regular. So it, it's hard. You know, it's pretty easy to see why they lost that game, or or why Atlanta won it. Rather, it's you know you know I mean I guess no I guess I should say that why Minnesota lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Cousins threw for like, I don't know, 700 yards or something. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, I do these little prop bets on a monkey knife fight or whatever. They don't pay us, but, you know, whatever. Maybe someday they will. But uh, I had uh, Cousins for over, I don't know, what was it, 250-something. And somebody was like, that's way too high. He's never going to throw that. He throws for like 340 or 350. It's like, yeah. He had a good game. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Gase still not fired. And Bell's in uh, Kansas City. So let's talk about this. I feel Gates is going to torpedo that Jets team as much as possible because he knows firing is coming. Watch just him clear house for like six and seventh round picks just to screw them. Yeah, Josh, you're my go-to on Adam Gates. So <laughs> I mean, I know. Hey, the man, the man hates running backs. He's had some good running backs, but he hates to use them. That's my biggest issue with the man is he does not have, know how to utilize a fucking running back properly. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. No one, no one puts it more eloquently than Josh. I don't get it. I'll just, I'll just say it as it is. I mean, he <laughs> in Miami, he didn't know what the fuck to do. With Le'Veon Bell, he didn't know what the fuck to do. I mean, I'm sorry. He's eight running back. He's, he's got to be the next. I mean, do, is he going to be fired before the end of the year, though? God, he has I to be, right? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. You don't think I, so? No, because if, if they were going to, they would have. Like, there's no reason why he's still there. So, I, it, it defies logic. The only thing, I know it's not true. I know it's a conspiracy theory. But I saw a Jets fan uh, tweet that Adam Gase gives them a competitive advantage to acquire the 101. So, they, they have no reason to fire him. Because if they do, they might win a game. Hey, it's true. And there's some truth to that. I would not be surprised if they held him through the season and then fired him and brought a whole new coach oh, and stuff in and everything. Right. There's no out. way he's in the organization next year. There's no way. Oh, no. I'm, I'm but, like before the draft. He's done. Cleared house. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's done on Bloody Tuesday or whatever they call it. Black Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. He had uh, Bill O'Brien and Quinn. They're gone. Gay's still hanging on there. I don't understand. Look for Greg Williams to get fired this week. Say what? No, I'm, I'm being serious. Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, look for him to get fired this week. 
All right. I thought they needed him to be their interim head coach when they do finally fire Gase. Yeah, I mean, come on. Both Gase and him are not on speaking terms. So the way everything's huh. playing out, I'm, I'll put money that he's fired by the end of this week. I like that. going to go to uh, KC as well? Yeah. <laughs> They're just giving all pieces away to KC, man. Oh, my God. He's a mole for KC. What the hell are they doing over there? Speaking of KC, what do you guys think Bell's going to do on, during the opener this week? Or his Nothing. You don't think Bell's going to do anything? Three three carries for 12 yards, one catch for negative two yards. Get the hell out of here, dude. I he cannot. Is, he is Clyde's backup, and he's he should so be he, thankful to carry his cleats. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> Spoken so like he's a CEH winner. Owner. In all reality, I think he's going to get the goal line work because CEH is not it down there. And we'll no, see I, what else. He's going to get work. He's, he's going to get a, a 35% work share, maybe 40%. He is not the guy, but they do want to have a split backfield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm with you. I think I honestly don't think it's going to hurt CH that much. I think he's still going to get plenty of work. And I, I, I just think they wanted to spell him a little bit in his rookie season. And Bell is a great talent. If he ends up working out, like it's going to, it's going to make their offense better. Yeah. He's he's there to take Daryl Williams's job, not CEH's. The perfect point, honestly, because they're using Daryl Williams anyway, and he's he's an, he's a sure upgrade from that. So, all right, moving on. So the little topic for the week. Uh, shout out to Billy for this because I was kind of just drawing a blank, and uh, he thought we could talk about the changing of the guard. So we have some newer rookies. Uh, one's not really a rookie that I have on here, but some of the newer guys filling in, taking over for the older guys. We could talk about all of them or some of them, but the first one on the list is uh, Herbert. Obviously, he came in for Tarod when uh, his medical professional uh, punctured his lung. So then Herbert comes in, and Herbert looks like the best quarterback of this draft. So um, is this one of those guys you're trying to buy? uh, Because you can't buy him cheap now. He's looking like the truth, or are you just going to pass on and say, hey, I didn't get him when I had a chance, and it is what it is? So first of all, I feel bad for Tyrod, uh, no doubt about it. He, you know, he, yes. he got a, a starring role in Pulp Fiction and John Travolta shoved a needle right in his heart. And, <laughs> um, you know, that was rough. Um, but Justin Herbert has looked fantastic. Uh, he has looked so good that I want nothing to do with him. Uh, he, he can't increase in value. He is not going to be worth more in a year or in 18 months than he is right now. So there's no reason to buy him right now. Justin Herbert is a cautionary tale for rookie draft time, especially in Superflex leagues. Every single year, dynasty players decide that some rookie quarterback is not as good as the NFL does, and we ignore him. Um, we ignore the fact that Daniel Jones was taken, whatever, fifth overall. We ignore the fact that Justin Herbert was taken fifth overall. And we let him sit there in our drafts until the second round when we're playing super flex. And we know that any starting quarterback is worth the first round pick in super flex. If somebody is taken, if a quarterback is taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft, he should be taken in the top three of your rookie draft. And the only people that should be taken ahead of him are other quarterbacks. Whew. This is, this is like Sunday church, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, gospel, spitting gospel, because this is something I realized this year, and, and it was because of Herbert, of course. But, like, 
I saw him get taken in the third round of a, of a draft and I'm kicking myself that I don't have him. And I'm just like, what the hell was I doing? I know that he's the backup for Tyrod Taylor, the, the league backup, you know what I mean? Who the traveling backup. It's like, how did we not see this coming? And he looks incredible. And all he would have costed you was, was an early late second pick or something like that. Kills me. We should have taken him with one, with 108, 109 and been happy. Yep. And you could have gotten him there every single draft, every right. one of them, because there was five, six wide receivers going before him. And Absolutely. Instead, you took C.D. Lamb. How stupid. Oh, wait, that's a bad example. No, oh, no, no. Wait, that's not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> good so, yeah, you're right. There's, there's a whole list of guys that were taken before him, and in Superflex will never, ever have the same kind of value as Herbert. Uh, you know, maybe come next April, we could listen back to this episode and remind our dumb selves not to do that <laughs> during draft season. We're going to have, this as a tip for sure. And we're going to, we're going to credit Will for this for sure. Yeah, like, for sure. yo, don't undervalue the rookies, even the ones you don't like the rookie <laughs> quarterbacks, the quarterbacks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter whether Justin Herbert, like we're talking about Justin Herbert, but this is a, a bigger rule than that. It doesn't matter whether that guy is actually a great quarterback because he's drafted at number five overall or number six overall. He's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for at least four years. He's going to be given every single opportunity to be the face of that franchise. They're going to put pieces around him to accentuate his particular talents, whoever he is. They're going to do everything they can to service their team around that individual player. And the odds are he's going to hold value. You could have traded Drew Brees or Kirk Cousins, or Tom Brady for a draft pick and drafted Justin Herbert. And if you had done that, your dynasty team would be, would be better right now. I feel like such an idiot. No, it's the trust the process <laughs> thing. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? It's man. like, it's trust the process. The quarterback gets picked there. Just don't I, just diminish that value. Russell isn't the number one. We're fine. <laughs> trust the process josh don't don't worry about those kind of uh those examples all right <laughs> get out of here with your facts <laughs> all right next one is uh billy's draft crush uh t higgins t higgins is filling in aj green he's actually on the field but you can't really tell uh <laughs> so changing of the guard t higgins coming in to replace aj green uh is this, this is another one of those situations probably right now. Uh, you probably can't buy him. He's, uh, I was going to say, you probably can't buy him for cheap anymore. It's one of those ones maybe you just chalk it up to. If you don't have him, you're just not going to have him. Or is he someone that you think could go uh, sky's the limits and go ahead and pay what he's worth right now in hopes that he gets even better? Yeah, like, look, I love T. Higgins, man. So I'm, you know – I wish I could go out and buy him. I'm kind of pissed right now. I wasted, not wasted, but like I had the 113, like Will was talking about, and I drafted, what's his name over on the Jets, the rookie for the Jets? Uh, Mims. Denzel, Denzel Mims. Mims. And T. Higgins is sitting there, and I don't know what, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where you like don't trust yourself. So you go like an opposite direction for some reason, and like that's what I did. And I'm, I'm kicking myself, and I, I sure as hell am not going to go out there and spend like extra to go get Higgins right now. I think that there might be a buy low window at some point if he if he doesn't perform this way. I mean, the team's up and down, so I, I don't think he's going to continue to just like, you know, uh, continue to be as, as great as he's been. 
but I do think it's a change in the guard. I mean, look, AJ Green is is clearly done, and this is this is his this is his team now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love what I'm seeing from him, but I, I don't think I can go buy him. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. Uh, I think can I jump seeing... in? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I actually disagree with you, Billy. I I think if you like T Higgins, I think you can get him for less than he's going to be. Now, maybe you don't like T Higgins. Maybe you don't think he's going to continue to ascend. But the reason that I don't want to go by Justin Herbert right now is because he's the QB, you know, six since he's been playing. He is at max value, in my opinion. He can't increase. I don't think that's true of T Higgins. I don't think anybody values him as a top 20 overall wide receiver right now. And if you think he is a top 20 overall wide receiver, then he can ascend in value. I think if you offer Denzel Mims and a 2021 second, you could probably get T Higgins for that. Um, now, Ooh. is it worth it? Do you we're gonna, spend? We're going to find out about that tonight. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got three chances in this league. <laughs> no, and I do look, I, like I said, I do actually believe in T Higgins like that. He was a top three receiver coming at, like through the draft process. That's where he was for me. And, um, and, and he's still there. I mean, I think he's in a great position with a great, you know, a great young quarterback. So I, I guess you're right. I mean, that's, that's a fair point. If, if the market value on him isn't, maybe it's that I'm thinking the market value is where it is in my head right now. Clearly it seems like my head is above market value and that's a good thing. Cause I can go and, and spend, you know, something a, well, a little bit have, less. If you were going to, if you were going to rank your wide receivers right now, where, where oh. approximately, where do you have them as your in your dynasty wide receiver rankings? Yeah. I mean, he'd be between 20 and 30 for me. Okay. Then I think you're about uh, about at market value. I think that is about where he is. Now, the, the, the question is, will he go up from there? If you think he's going to be a wide receiver 15 next year, then you should spend wide receiver 20 money for him today. If you think he's wide receiver 20 for the rest of his career, then you're not gaining by spending wide receiver 20 money to buy him. That's my point. I, I don't think if you buy – Justin Herbert for QB 12 overall prices, he's never going to be QB eight overall. You're never going to profit off of that buy. But T Higgins at wide receiver 25, if, if you believe he's going to be a wide receiver 15 overall, then you should buy him for wide receiver 25 prices. No, totally. You've convinced me because I absolutely do believe that he'll be a wide receiver 15 next, like next year for sure. Yeah. Especially on the track that he's going in that team. No doubt about it. Well, I'm going to go try and buy him too so I can sell him to you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so who would you rather have? Would you have uh, T. Higgins, uh, wide receiver 32 on the year, or DJ Moore, wide receiver 22 on the year? DJ Moore without hesitation. Not yeah, yeah, DJ Moore. I mean, okay. you just don't know about T. Higgins like that, and DJ Moore is, is definitely proven. Sweet. So moving on, uh, DeAndre Swift finally had his breakout game. He didn't drop a pass that would have let his team win this week. Uh, Adrian Peterson is—he's old, but he's still efficient. Carryon Johnson's never been good, so this was Swift's breakout week. Um, <clears throat> is this a guy that you think you could go out and buy right now, or do you think that the window is closed on that? Oh, I definitely think you could go out and buy it now. Um, you'll probably play a little bit of a premium because it was a week last week. Personally, I want to see him string two to three games together before I would make a move on him. But again, if you're trying to get the cheapest value, now might be unfortunately the time to do it. 
here's a here here's a different way, and you guys are going to laugh at this, but but I really believe it. It depends on where he was taken in your rookie draft. Um, if he was taken in your rookie draft with, let's say you're playing in a super flex league, and the two quarterbacks went one and two, uh, and then Ceh and Jt went three and four, or some version of those top four. Um, if Swift went five and the same owner still owns him, you have no shot at acquiring him without paying a super premium. If, however, he lasted until, say, seven or eight, and somebody took him because he was the best on the board at the point that they took him, that person may be happy to cash out right now. So it depends on who has him and how they acquired him. That's a really great point, especially on Swift with with where he's like where he was drafted and and the pre-draft value. Because I have seen I did I was in a couple of leagues where he was like, like you said, like seven to nine range is where he went. And I think those people picked him, like you said, because he was just there. And that's where you can get some value off of him. But bouncing from this one, I kind of think that the the there's a changing of the guard in, in Baltimore as well. Now we see Mark Ingram has an injury. And J.K. Dobbins might get a little bit more work. I know Gus Edwards is there and all that, and he's going to get work. But I think J.K. Dobbins, with how poor he's played from a fantasy perspective, you could go out and buy him pretty low right now and compared to even Swift. I, I think you can too. I think J.K. Dobbins is a huge buy right now. He's got the opportunity. He's got the draft capital. The team believes in him. The team is struggling right now, and there is a very decent chance that the person that did take him is worried. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked about it last. Oops. Yeah, we talked about it last week. We kind of threw out a stat because, like, you know, we try to be fancy sometimes. And uh, he, you know, he was like, I think, third out of all rookie running backs in fantasy points per touch. He wasn't getting a whole, he was getting a lot of snaps. I think he led the team in snap percentage. But then Billy came through in the clutch and looked at all the actual carries he was getting, and it was not that much. But Ingram's going to miss a little bit of time, I think as we said last week, Dobbins to the moon right now. So I totally agree with that. I did send out an offer in one of my leagues. I sent out James Conner and a third for uh, Dobbins and Blake Jarwin to a team that could probably win with Conner. And he, he rejected right away. I should have seen, it was a little bit of a low ball offer, but. Uh, why, why did you ask for Jarwin, man? That's just. That, disrespect. He's a Jarwin. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Have you, you not just seen my avatar? Offer, he probably would have accepted, but you went and ruined it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I was going to say, man, you got to do just the third for just the, you know, the player in the third form or, or increase it to a second or something, I guess. But I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. So, right. yeah, maybe I messed up there. But, yeah, it was rejected right away. So, uh, at least that owner is kind of seeing the same things we're seeing with Dobbins. I'll, maybe I'll send out. I'll send out the offer, just Connor in the third, and see if that happens. But I doubt it. Try it again. Yeah, try it again. I'll try it again. I got a ton of picks. Send out two that. offers. Send send it without uh, Jarwin, and then also send him an offer of somebody like Alshon Jeffrey for Jarwin. Just say I do like Jarwin. I want to buy him, but I didn't want to kill that other deal. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm a big Jarwin guy too. I thought he was going to be a top ten uh, tight end this year, and even some upside for more, but. Tough deal for for Dallas all around. It just wasn't going to work out no matter what. <laughs> yeah, but you see what Dalton Schultz is doing. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I like to say I was good. still right about Jarwin. <laughs> how Dalton Schultz is doing? I'll, I'll take my victory lap since it'll never happen or it never <laughs> won't happen. So whatever. Let's just go with it. Just uh, swap the names on the back of the jersey. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one is Irv Smith. He's had two weeks 
was going to do a little more research on the snap percentage and all that stuff, but like literally the last two weeks, he's looking like the guy there. And I know that Rudolph is long in the tooth and he possibly could be out of that um, uh, Minnesota soon. So Earth Smith's looking like the dude. I think this is a guy out of all these guys we've listed. I think this is a guy whose value still is lower uh, because of how, I mean, quote unquote old he is. But I think he he's looking like he could possibly be the dude there. Um, is this a guy you're trying to buy? Uh, this is a guy that I own and I'm holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, he has a real legitimate shot of being, you know, the tight end one uh, there in Minnesota after Rudolph's gone. I mean, he might even supplant him this year. So I liked what I've seen out of him the last two weeks. And it just looks like, you know, he's going to be the next man up with that young uh, Justin Jefferson and uh, Irv Smith going together. Anybody, I mean, personally for me, I feel anybody that got him last year when I got him knew you were holding him for two to three years before you're going to see a solid production out of him because of Kyle Rudolph. What's Kyle Rudolph's contract situation? Did he just re-up? I believe he read up on a two-year deal, but let me look it up. A uh, two-year deal before 2020, so he's got 2020 and 2021? I believe. I'm pulling up right now. I can tell you right now I have it. Um, so yeah, he's actually through 2023. Yeah. Four year, 36 million. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, but it looks like extra, sorry, you know, it looks like the guaranteed money is up after this year. So they could cut him or trade. Okay. I mean, to your, to your point, the offensive snaps that have been up the past two weeks, he's around, he was 70% and then 80% this past week. So five you know five targets over the last two weeks he's, he's definitely looking good and and he's clearly the more athletic tight end there now it's I guess it's just a matter of you know is is he getting all of the offense is he you know is he ready right yeah that's a good point he's just one of the guys that stood out to me over the last uh, couple of weeks people talked about Irv Smith for the last couple of years like he's going to be a thing and then uh, Rudolph won't go away because Rudolph is reliable so he just kind of looked like one of those guys when you're looking at production or opportunity increasing and increasing and he's doing a lot of positive with his opportunities he's kind of the one of those guys you want to look at to try to acquire he's just one of the guys that kind of popped up on my list or in my head so just kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on it I, I think Irv Smith is uh, another another guy to look at what I call the will rule go back to your rookie draft and see where he was taken and by who and see if he's changed hands since then there's a big difference between somebody who maybe reached on him in the early second round of his rookie draft and has been holding him this whole time. And now thinks finally I've got him uh, versus somebody who acquired him at some point in a trade. And is just looking to profit. Dude, that's a Yo, perfect point. The will rule. We just, we just came up on the will rule. All right, man. I mean, like if that's not <laughs> a place to, to like end this journey, there is no other. That is amazing, dude. I will remember that for sure. Please that don't. Is- I'm an idiot. <laughs> no that's perfect one last question i guess just to pick your brain so over the last last few years playing dynasty or over the last decade you've been playing dynasty do you feel that there's more truthers now than ever like you were saying if a guy uh traded up and reached for Irv smith and he's holding on to him obviously he believes in that talent uh someone like that for me would have been like andy isabella uh do you feel like there's more people now that are holding on to players longer than they should because they believe in the talent, even though the production's not there, so it's harder to get these guys? Or has that not changed, do you see? Okay. I, I think, well, number one, there's more information than there ever has been. Um, Twitter has been 
the single biggest driving force in change to dynasty that I've seen. Everybody has information and statistics and scouting um, that they didn't have before. And all of a sudden, regular people playing in what used to be home leagues are um, uh, they have information available to them that 10 years ago, you had to be an insider to have. This guy is going to be good. Whereas 10 years ago, nobody ever heard of this guy. And you had to work for the team to know this guy was going to get snaps starting after the bye week. If you asked any dynasty player the start of this year, everybody would have said two is probably going to be the starting quarterback in Miami after the bye week. That was, that was well known that they were probably going to make that change come their bye week. Uh, 10 years ago, it would have been more of a guessing game. Turns out we, we were right. What everybody was saying on Twitter turned out to be exactly right. Um, so now you're playing in a league with 11 other players and nine of them are active on Twitter and follow the same people you follow and know the same information you know. So you're playing a game against better players. You're playing a game against people who know more than they used to know. It makes it tougher to um, to profit off of unknowns because there are fewer unknowns. As a result of that, I do think there are lots more truthers out there. There are more times where people plant their flags and everybody is susceptible to it. I have obviously planted my flag with CEH in a big way. I have traded up for him and drafted him ahead of JT, where if you had asked me Nine months ago, I would have told you there's no possibility I would take anybody ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I did. I took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Jonathan Taylor every single chance I had, except in a non-PPR league. I have absolutely planted my flag on CEH. And I know that I value him higher than most people do. I know that he is not everybody's dynasty RB4 right now. I know he's not going to be everybody's dynasty RB3 come the end of this year. And I think he will be mine. Um, is that bad play on my part? It might be. Is it bad? You know, am I, am I falling for my own trap where I have decided this guy is going to be good so I can't even see it when he's not? It's possible, but we're not going to find out because he is. <laughs> awesome, man. Love that. Dude, Will, thank you so much for coming on here. No problem. That was fun. Thanks for having me. Dude, it was a blessing. Yeah, man. Just have a guy on there that's been playing for so long that I respect as a player just by seeing the moves you made in the uh, offseason, in season, just some of the things that like I think personally as a player so far in my very short dynasty career would be quite frankly afraid to make. Uh, again, I'm not here to kiss your ass, but I think you're a really, really good dynasty player, and I'm so glad you're on this pod. So appreciate it. Can I tell you a trade that I was afraid to make, but I decided to do it? Of course. This is in uh, Kitchen Sink 3. Um, I made a trade with Curtis Patrick before the season started, after the rookie draft, before the season started. Uh, Kitchen Sink leagues are uh, uh, Debbie leagues. Um, so the rookie draft is pretty depleted. Um, there are, I think, 36 new Debbie players added every single year. Um, on top – so – Clyde Edwards Hilaire was not a Debbie player because he came out of nowhere. So he was the one one in the rookie draft and Jonathan Taylor was a Debbie player. He was a, a Debbie one one a few years ago, obviously. Um, 
Curtis had managed to acquire Clyde Edwards Hilaire and he had Jonathan Taylor on his taxi squad. So he had both of them. And I happen to know that Curtis is as high on JT and CEH as anyone in the business. I traded him preseason uh, Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon um, and and um, DJ Moore for Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and Nuke. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a big, it was a big, 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 big boy trade that I was afraid to do. Um, but I knew that I had to give up that much if I was going to get CEH and JT from Curtis Patrick. That's number one. Uh, number two, I'm in this league. I mean, you can look at kitchen sink leagues. You know who's in the league. You know who I'm playing with. I had acquired um, DJ Moore earlier that day uh, in a big trade um, and then turned around and flipped him in a new deal, um, basically because that's how low on Joe Mixon I am and have been. Um, I made that deal because I think Joe Mixon is overvalued, and I made Curtis an offer that – I knew he wouldn't be able to turn down. And he tried to, he tried to hem and haw and tried to get me to add in more draft picks and whatnot. And he's like, well, how about, you know, you take out Mixon and I'll take out. And I started laughing. go, no, I'm not going to take out Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> this is the deal. You can reject it and I'll go on with my team and I'll feel fine about it. Um, or you can accept it and you can try for the championship this year. Um, and then, you know, he said, give me an hour. And he thought about it. He came back and he accepted. Um, but that was a deal that I was, Again, I know what I gave up. I am very aware of what I gave up, uh, but I liked what I was getting, and I wanted to plant my flag in a league full of analysts, in a league full of industry guys. I wanted to say I went and I got these guys before they exploded in value. Yeah, you gave up value and, and won in a way, right? Like, that's that's great. No, that's a great move, and, and also a good, like – just a good lesson learned like for for other dynasty like young dynasty players like don't be afraid to trade you know what i mean and give up some value like don't be afraid to lose the trade lose a trade right right you have to be willing to lose a trade or you will never win a trade or never make a trade right yeah i feel like i'm kind of in that area right now i'm still trying to work through it so well, and again, lose a couple trades to me, and then you'll get there. I already did, man. I gave you, I gave you, I gave you Darren Waller for a third, man. Oh, that's true. That was a good deal. <laughs> you see, that's a lesson for you. You <laughs> wasn't George Kittle taken in a third of, a, of rookie drafts and stuff like that. Like, come on, yes, right? like, he was. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Uh, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, look forward to not trading with you in <laughs> console wars. And uh, Josh, if you could take us out, do what you do, man. Will, thank you again for being on. Make sure you give him a follow at the Giant Ninja on Twitter. Give us all a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Uriah FF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Goldberg AGP. Hope everybody has a great week seven. See you all next week. Mm-hmm.